Pod. Pod. Hello and welcome to episode 10 of the 22 Grand Pod podcast. In this episode, we're talking to former Baby Shambles guitarist Patrick Walden. With Pete Doherty at the helm, Baby Shambles were one of the most talked about bands in Britain as soon as they formed back in 2004 and were quickly playing to sold out venues up and down the country. Pat was able to join me and Tom during lockdown from his home in London and it turned out we'd all been at the same Paddington's gig just a few years ago. Um, I saw you, when I last saw you, Tom, I came with Adam, I think it was a couple of years ago, you played a gig in Hackney, I think it was. Oh, uh, yeah, I know. Um, at the, in London Fields, was it? Oh, yeah, I went to that, yeah. I think Mang- it, was it Mangle? Is it called Mangle? Uh, yeah. Yeah, I think so. I, yeah, it was like 2017, end of 2017, I think. It was that yeah, place with, like, mad security searches, because that, that was thing it. happened. What was going on? It was like acid attacks, wasn't it? Yeah, yeah. Yeah. Oh, yeah. yeah that, that, it took, took everybody about fucking yeah. forever to get in, didn't it? Didn't yeah. think I was going to get in. They're like, they know like when you go... <laughs> um, yeah. Oh, shit. Was that last time? Yeah. Uh, who, was you, who was you with that? Was, you with, was Adam there? Adam, yeah. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, yeah. I remember now, yeah. I still speak to him. Yeah, I, it doesn't... Doesn't he do... Um, he, he does... Does he some do some kind of like... Um, Social work or something now. Or so. He's like a therapist. Yeah, he's a therapist. That's it. Yeah, yeah, yeah he is. Uh, yeah. He's oh a wow, that's that's crazy, isn't it? Yeah, it is. It's nuts. That's what he's done. Oh. He still does his music and stuff. But yeah, does that as well. Amazing. Yeah, man. Give us an idea of like what you were doing at that time, Pat, and how you ended up being I was, part of the baby like, shambles. Yeah, I was working. I was living in Old Street. It was like I think if we're talking about early two thousands. And I was um, playing in a few bands around the area. And not, not all of them were like, um, were like bands gigging, but a lot of them were studio stuff. And there was a lot of weird music, really cool weird music, art, art music, kind of electronic music being made. And I'd be asked to do lots of guitars and stuff. And, um, and I was working in a bar called the Dragon Bar around there, which was like a hub of like artists and creative people, musicians and so on. There'd be lots of... Sort of events and I know it was, it, there was a real it was a different kind of thing it was really arty and creative but then I was working also at Rue's Studios Do you remember Rue's Studios it was in in Old Street um yeah yeah I remember that <laughs> Gemma's dad owned it I think yeah it that was right yeah. oh yeah of course just, Gemma was uh drumming once you yeah and and uh so I was sort of working there occasionally and um and you get to meet every single band don't you that's around the area there as well yeah good and there was another rehearsal room, like the premises that I used to be around a lot and work at, and then uh, the foundry. Um, there was a few places. Anyway, there, but the, the, there, there was loads of bands. And then it was around that time, he, Pete used to come in and, and sort of just, he would just be there and rehearsing. And all those friends of his, that's where I sort of met him. Um, the Libertines, I remember, had, had like done their first record. I really liked their first record. From, from when I met him, it was, it was only like about probably a month later we started playing. Because he was working with a friend of mine, James, who ended up being the Baby Shamans manager. Oh, uh, James Malord. Yeah, I was doing some guitar or some bass for a band called The White Sport, and then um, he put me in touch with Peter. And I think there was that was when they was having some prob- problems at first with Libertines. I think it was kind of like they had had a break for a bit for whatever reason. I don't really know. What, yeah, yeah, I think it's well documented. And then um, 
Uh, and then we started, so, so when I met him, he, he was like, we started rehearsing and writing tunes together pretty soon. And I remember he had to go away somewhere for a while. I think it was a treatment centre or something like that. And he was like, oh, get, 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 get some, can you get a band together for when we get back, for when I get back? And that's when, I think we had like four tunes. I think three of them were Peters and one we'd written together. And uh, that's when I asked Drew to play bass and, and Gemma to play drums. Oh, really? So you, you introduced Drew and yeah. uh, Gemma? Yeah, to the band. Actually, before that, we did a single with Pete, and it was me on bass, and it was another guy called, one of my best favourite musicians ever, is a guy called Seb Rochford, um, who played yeah. drums. That was a seven-inch. Right. It was just a seven-inch, and that was Pete's song, Baby Shambles, and it was recorded in one night. That's the first recording session I did with him. Right, okay, okay. To play with like loads of people. He's an amazing drummer, and just an amazing musician. Yeah, I know. I know you mentioned White Spot. I remember White Spot. Uh, me and me and Lloyd and uh, Josh we used to love that band. You know, I, I remember seeing you because we we supported. We either supported or we just came to see you in the the cockpit in Leeds. And, and White Spot supported Libertines or Shambles, was it? Yeah, there was a tour I did right where, where I was. Where, uh, did you play? Band. You played in both bands. Yeah, on the same, like some gigs I'll be playing in two bands. Yeah, I love that band. And I, I, I always remember the, the guy on bass, he, he had like, he was covered in paint. <laughs> yeah, probably. I mean, I, I left as well and then they carried on and they added more people to it. And there was uh, Ronnie as well, who was sort of like, uh, like the Pez. <laughs> really cool. Oh yeah, Ronnie Joyce. Yeah, yeah. He's cool. Thanks, cool. Ronnie. And uh, yeah, those, those tours were great, man. And, and those early ones. And yeah, I'd be playing bass or guitar in that band and going on to play Shambles. That, you know, for... That was, pretty intense that was quite fun um yeah, that was loads of fun but yeah that first single actually was like uh that first single was the first recorded thing i guess it put out as baby shambles that was me on bass seb on seb Rochford did drums and peter obviously guitar and singing and uh but yeah that was that was just a one-off thing <clears throat> and so when he went away he asked me to get them together and then i got i got drew and Gemma, and we, we just rehearsed a lot when he when he was away right and when he got back started playing I think I had four songs we started playing shows straight away he was so popular at the time it was just ready-made audience like really small venues but just packed yeah it was amazing I, I remember like four tunes. I remember and they were like maybe four or five but just play the same <laughs> play them like twice each one like but, but we used to improvise quite a lot every night and play them differently but really <laughs> yeah yeah but it was, there was there was always a, quite a lot of that in that band actually you know improv- yeah improv- yeah within a certain structure yeah, I was going to yeah. ask you about that part. Like, what was it like starting a new band, but like having that established audience already kind of thing? Well, that was, um, yeah, mate, it was great. If, if you're honest, like, to, to, if you, if you, you know, being in a band, it's fantastic when you get, when you, when you have playing to a room full of people. Yeah. It's fantastic. And the energy is just great. Um, it was weird as well. Because it was just like, that whole, that whole, looking back on it, it was just, uh, Everything surrounding Peter at that time, it was it was odd. It was like it was just yeah, I never really experienced anything like that. So how was it? It was exciting. And it was I just yeah, it was exciting. You're young, it's like just go with it. Yeah. yeah. I don't really know what's going on, but it's uh there'd be more people outside the venues than inside that could get <laughs> in, you know? Yeah. Yeah, that, that's what it that's you know, so yeah, it, it was kind of like yeah, I guess it's kind of every trying to be in a band. To be honest, when you're young, I guess it's like your dream, isn't it, to be in a band that like people are queuing around the block to see. How did you know? Um, how did you know Drew? Where did your relationship start with Drew? 
I've been friendly with him at, at this studio where I used to be working every now and then. Ah, right. Okay. He went to the room there. Yeah. He, he, like they went to the rehearsal room. He was doing some other uh, project. He was like, uh, he, he was into quite a different scene before that as well, wasn't he, Drew? Yeah, I think so, man. I think, I, think, uh, I don't know, would you call it uh, a bit more metal? Or is it... Yeah, yeah. He, <laughs> I remember, I've seen pictures of Drew like, um, uh, someone uh, uh, at one of our friends' houses, he had like long dreads and shit. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so obviously, Pat, you were the only guitarist in the band. Like, did you enjoy that role? Did you enjoy that responsibility? Yeah, um, I guess. Yeah, I did. I how can I describe it? I had free reign to, to sort of like um, mix up rhythm and lead playing, and not even think about it in those in those two terms. I would just do my own thing. Right. Which was, and, and that's why, you know, that question you asked before, like, how was it having that audience kind of uh, there, right? Just walking into like that situation, first gigs you play, they're packed. And it was like uh, walking into that situation, but also being able to do what you've always wanted to do on, on your instrument. Like, yeah, I was going to was, like, say, like, with Pete, obviously, like, he, he, I imagine he wrote a lot of the lyrics, didn't he? But like, yeah, yeah. You know, your guitar parts were like just as important for me, like in those songs, because like, mate, you you you're a great guitarist. You know what I mean? So like, it must have been good for you to be able to like, yeah, you know, you were writing them songs as well as everybody else kind of thing. Do you know what I mean? Yeah, no, I, I appreciate that, Tom. It was, it was. Um, looking back, I guess it was kind of quite. Yeah, it was. It was a real. Yeah, that's cool, isn't it? Like, yeah, it just gets to do exactly what you want, and some like especially live as well. Like it'd be so different each time you play it. And uh, I didn't have to, I was never thinking like, you know, you just go and see a lot of bands. This is a, this is a verse, this is a chorus. These are the chords I'm playing. This is the part I'm playing. It was never like that, um, for better or for worse. But when it was good, it was really good. And like, things would be different lengths. And I, I guess that was like a lot of, um, people get like a lot of their stuff out writing lyrics and stuff. I get a lot of my emotions out just rang in the guitar. Do you know what I mean? Mm, yeah. So that was kind of my expression back then. I think all the... Um, but I mean, for, as a guitarist and aspiring, like sort of wanting to get out there and just do a thing, that was like a perfect situation for me. Like it was just, you know, to be in a band, being the only guitarist and having like a, a bass, a solid, solid um, bass and drums, just to like paint your stuff over. You know, there wasn't much thought behind it. It was mostly feeling. Does that make sense? You can you can kind of tell. It's the way that Pete worked a lot of the time, though, wasn't it? It was just like. It was like, yeah, it was. It was very instantaneous, and it was like, yeah, yeah, exactly. That's exactly the word. Yeah, <laughs> and it was like, um, yeah, if it, yeah, as long as it was real and sort of had some some touch of like feeling and honesty about it, you know. Yeah, could, could, you you could be like you could be sat in a room with Pete, and like any time, and you know, like he, he's just that kind of person where he would just if he's got something in his head, they'll just look like right it'd start playing it or whatever and it'd just always be on the kind of on the spot do you know what I mean 100% I felt like, I, I felt like that's exactly how like he worked most of the time it's like he, he just if you're walking on you know like he, he could be doing anything and like an idea would pop into it he'd be like I've got a new song straight away yeah there was not, definitely that and also like I could just be tinkering around on, on the guitar we spent quite a lot of time together just me and him he stayed at my flat I remember the Bonders End just writing mm. stuff, but uh, or just hanging out. There was a period of time where it was quite intense, like a lot of days on end, sort of staying up writing stuff. And I, I'd just be sometimes 
I'd just be messing around the, you know, an instrument as you're doing. He'd just go, what's that? Do it again. And then he'd just go off with it and say, repeat that. And the song would come out of it. But you need someone else's ears to like grab onto it. Do you know what I mean? Yeah, that's, that's such they, a good go. way of working. Because like, if you're doing that on your own sometimes, you kind of ignore a lot of it. And like, that, 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 that's, yeah, if that's how you, that's how kind of. And also if like someone having a bit of faith in you, I guess, because I guess someone just saying, that's good. That's what we need sometimes. As someone to say that to you, you're like, okay, I won't go with this, you know, or actually like, okay, it's worth working on this idea, which you might, because, you, because you're, because you're making it yourself. You haven't got the, uh, the distance from it to see it for what it is. Do you know what I mean? Mm. Yeah, like, exactly. Yeah. If you record something and you come back to it, you know, a classic thing and come back to it a week or two later, it sounds totally different. I could be like, what's that? Who's playing that? It's amazing. And at the time, yeah, I'd be, yeah. we're like, Oh, this is this just sounds like everything I've done before. I don't like it. I don't like it. But a bit of distance from stuff really changes your perspective. Yeah, totally. I agree. But like most of those songs that were that I, on the first record that I was wrote with Peter was, were done like that. They were just like uh, it was like it was like just chings of energy, and then you just go mm-hmm. with it. It pretty much be written quick. It might be fine tuned a little bit. Yeah, but the yeah, like the bones of the song is done in like ten minutes. No. Yeah, yeah. Sometimes, sometimes literally, that in it. Yeah, yeah. And then, and then, and then, then go, <laughs> go and play it that night. Yeah, you know what I mean. And and that, that, yeah, that, that's it. That was always his attitude as well, wasn't it? It was like yeah, I hated that at the time. I was like, no, <laughs> I, I went with it. But and looking back, it was it was good. But I was like, don't know. Or he'd call a song that you just don't know how to play. Yeah, like, so in front of loads of people, it's like you play that song. I don't know it. I just don't know it. But I'll have a go. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that's what it was like, wasn't it? He didn't really mind. <laughs> I guess, and the people didn't mind either. It's kind of fun. But yeah, it was definitely hard. Yeah. I hope he doesn't do that tonight. So it's a song we don't know yet. Or like, he'd show us the tune that he'd written, like, like just before, just before the show, and be like, we'll do that tonight. I'm like, oh, yeah, right. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but it was cool, though. It makes you like, yeah, it was good. I guess looking back, it was, it was kind of unique. That There was a lot of like... Um, Bands that play their stuff the same way every night, so that was really a good thing, wasn't it? I mean, my introduction to them, I was not... Like, the whole scene, it was like, I definitely... There was a lot of excitement around the Libertines. I saw a couple of their things at the, at the, at the Rhythm Factory, and it was exciting. You know, I just, there, was, there was this mad energy around. So there definitely was a scene going on. I, I, I personally was a bit more on the American side of music, though, like what I was listening to. Yeah, like bands like Sonic Youth and... Those kind of experimental guitar stuff, you know, a lot of jazz music and that kind of stuff. I guess the indie kind of, I think it came up around it, like lots of great bands that if you see them live, there's a difference, like the amount of bands you toured with, like yourselves, and you can really enjoy bands live because live is just a different animal, isn't it? It's just like, you can really get into something. But the music I'd listen to by myself was generally like, uh, like 90s music, I guess, the stuff I grew up yeah. with. Like from that era, what records from that early 2000s? I guess the first couple of Arcade Fire records I really liked. Right, oh uh, yeah. You know, Not really spoke about that much, actually. Um, Stripes records. Yeah. You know, that kind of stuff. Like, with Sonic Cues and stuff like that, I think I got introduced to that like a little bit later on because you, you, you're a bit older than me as well. Aren't you? 40, 41. Oh yeah, yeah. yeah how so, like, you? I... I I'm 35 now. Yeah, yeah, I got introduced because, you know, I I, I knew what it was, but I didn't really, like, pay much attention to it as much until I got got a bit older. 
But um, yeah, I get like all of that that nineties stuff. Like I'm obsessed with yeah. that now as well. That, that Daydream Nation album and and Dirty. That was a when I was yeah that time. Do you know? Do you know what's weird? Like a couple of days ago, I, I, I live in Stoke Newington. I saw Thurston Moore. Like literally. yeah, he lives out there, doesn't he? Yeah, he was walking behind me down the street, and I like, came around. I was like, "It's fucking Thurston Moore walking behind me." Yeah, yeah, quite yeah. weird. I met him a few times when we, when we played uh, festivals abroad and stuff, and uh, it was always weird. Cool to meet him. It was cool. I had exactly the same guitar. I think it looked, looked, like, looked, looked like his son or something. I had the same haircut as well. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, those kind of bands, I guess. And uh, there was definitely a scene, though. I just I felt I, I, also because of like with the, 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 let's be honest, the hardcore drug drug taking drug addiction stuff going on. It was kind of I felt a bit. Um, introverted the whole time do you know what I mean I was a bit dis- yeah. I was a bit sort of like just into like just like wasn't the most social person I guess yeah I was yeah, going right. to ask you about like touring at that time Pat and obviously Tom you were involved in that like from an outsider looking in people are saying it's going to be a bit mental like what was it like being in the middle of it kind of thing yeah it was mental it was but I kind of yeah um how was it it was exciting it was it was mental it was it was um frustrating as well and it was it was just crazy man I didn't know really what was going to happen from one time to the next I remember there was a period of time to 2004 I think do you talk with us in 2005 Tom yeah and probably 2004 as well I think <clears throat> yeah those times you didn't really know what was going to happen that day and the police were following there was all that police activity going on following us everywhere things were getting raided impounded getting arrested all that business. yeah yeah, um, I remember being on being on a couple of bus. I used to stay on your bus quite a bit, didn't I? Like yeah, from yeah, venue yeah, yeah. to venue. <laughs> uh, yeah, and, and that is it's true actually. Like sometimes you never you you, you never know if the gig was even going to fucking happen or whatever. Well, yeah, the police were shut down gigs and then arrest everyone after the gig. So I remember. So yeah, it was um, there was a lot of that going on, and there, there was undercover police everywhere. They were really after it all, weren't they? I remember one time when they came to a gig, I can't remember where it was, in 2005, I think it was, and they, were, they raided the gig afterwards, and everyone was in the dressing room. Somebody said, oh, the police are coming. So get rid of whatever you've got. So I did, and uh, I just saw them come in the room, and they started stopping everyone. I, I, so I walked straight out, and they stopped me, and said, you look like a guitarist. And I said, no, people always say that. And I was like, somehow I just got out of that venue. <laughs> And uh, but everyone got arrested that night. I remember I just went to stay in a hotel, uh, and the, and the bus got impounded. I just remember I really got away with that one. That was good. <laughs> but yeah, there was there was loads loads of that, that stuff going on, and it was um, I guess uh, how did it feel at the time? Because I kind of like was pretty wild myself in terms of like I was, I guess uh. I don't know. Now, kind of looking back on it, it was nuts. But it kind of was. I accepted it at the time. It was just. It was just what it was. Mm. But it definitely wasn't normal. I guess it was kind of just like. It was. It was pretty non-stop. So for me, like, it. It kind of. Um, I don't know. Like, it, you just funny, didn't really, don't even really know what to say. <laughs> it just. All, it. It just all happened so fast. Yeah. And like you know. It was non-stop and it happened fast and it was just one thing after the other, wasn't it? And you know, there was a period of time we were playing gigs every single day, if not two times a day. But yeah, do, 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 can you remember a lot of that time, Tom? Do you know what? Um, I think the Baby Shamble stuff I do, like touring with you guys, I remember more than a lot of the other stuff that happened for us. I don't know why. I guess it was just very memorable. 
Yeah, that's and, a good. And, a, a, apart, apart from apart from the nights where where we did take it a bit too far, and we were, you know, like you say, we were all a bit like out of it or whatever. Yeah. So like, it's hard to it's hard to remember some parts, but. Do you know what I remember about that time, really, I was going to say this actually, I was thinking about it, is I, I, it's more than Vivian Mary's, I have a, a more, it's more like a set of feelings I have about that whole period of time. And, and generally, the feelings are really positive towards like when we were playing shows, if, if they were good shows, they were the best shows I've ever done in my life. The feeling was amazing, the concert. Yeah, well, yeah, definitely. Was, and like, and just, and like, you know, the, the everybody that I met at that time has like played such an important part in our lives as well, I guess. Do you know what I mean? Yeah. yeah, yeah, no, I do, I do. And there, there was a period of time when, like you say, a scene, it was like all our friends were on tour with us and everyone that worked with us was our friends, which was for better, for worse. It all got very messy. Mm. But it was like a whole a whole circus. It was just like a whole tribe going on tour. <laughs> yeah, 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 that's exactly it. And, and yeah, so it was, it was um, yeah, I guess I still, um, yeah, I've got to make sense of it all, really. And now obviously you get to the point where yeah, uh, Gemma leaves. What are your memories of that time? Yeah, that's I, I asked Adam to come and join. Um, it was all touch and go. It all felt really touch and go that whole time. You just don't know whether there'd be a band tomorrow, kind of thing. You know? Yeah, yeah. It was all uh, whatever reason reason she left. I think she talked about that. Um, was the Parrot Boys like? What? I'm trying to. Trying to remember what about how they were involved. There was a time when. Yeah, didn't they join for a bit? No, so this was before Drew and what we talked about earlier, working at Ruse. There was a period that of time right. to talk about where I was playing. So it was me, Peter, um, Gemma played drums, and the two uh, Parrot brothers were playing guitar and bass yeah. as well. That was right. Yeah. Sorry. Yeah. Yeah. I, yeah. I just, yeah. We did that. I just remembered. I just remembered that part. But yeah. Then we went and played. Sorry, so yeah, that that was before even Pete. I think asked me to get the, get some musicians together. We went and played a few gigs around the UK, but generally like really small, weird pubs in the middle of nowhere. But it was packed. It was really weird. And I've um, just got to ask you about one of the headlines at the time when I mean you you had gigs at Brixton Academy. You were selling at Brixton Academy like only yeah. very shortly after you started. But there's obviously that incident where I've. <laughs> I've heard interviews where you called it just a bit of a, a bit of a laugh where you had a fight with Pete on stage, but what's the real story behind that? I think Pete was on probation. I mean, we were, we were, we were um, getting a taxi the way down to that venue. And we had to, I think, I think it was on curfew. I remember him saying to me, how do you feel about like having a, having a scrap tonight or something? I was like, I don't really want to. <laughs> That's a weird question to ask. I don't, I'd rather just play some music. But he wasn't saying to be funny. He'd been up for a few days and he was a bit... I don't know. That's what he said to me anyway. And I do remember then, so I was a bit freaked out by that, but um, we there's footage of it somewhere on the internet. It's really embarrassing now looking back. But yeah, <laughs> it, we were like, I was playing and he started grab, grabbing me, just started grabbing me. And I kind of like, he was looking a bit sort of wiry and just like a bit out of control. And uh, I wasn't like, I wasn't particularly healthy either. And it was just a matter of that. I think he was whispering something in my ear. I think I just, funny thing is I took my guitar off and the roadie came to take it off me and then, then <laughs> And he just got into it a little bit. <laughs> yeah, I was watching a video of that today. I was like, that guy's there quickly. <laughs> <laughs> that was quite funny. But yeah, I think it was just, you know, lack of, complete lack of sleep and uh, and just edginess and just paranoia. And just, um, what was good though, we came back out after and played um, really well, as far as I remember. 
had a real bad, quite quite a big argument backstage after that. But, um, it's yeah. <laughs> yeah, but it was like a preconceived idea kind of thing. Oh, uh, not really. It wasn't like it wasn't like manufacturing or anything. Like I didn't know I was going to kick up kick him. When I did. Uh, I, right. I just, he was just grabbing me. I'm like, I'm not going to let someone do that kind of thing. Okay. And you know, and it's all just like he, he, was, he was like winding you up, or, or yeah, yeah, but quite you know, yeah, <laughs> yeah, <laughs> yeah. It's yeah. Just one of, it happened a few times at other venues as well, like pulling leads out guitars and that. I guess it's like getting reaction, made things a bit fun, a bit exciting, I guess. Well, I mean, those gigs must have been ace at the time, like so that was great because used to go there as a, you know, as a youngster and see loads, loads of. Like loads of bands, it's like you know some of the first gigs I ever went to was there. Yeah, like yeah, that that is that's one we we supported that night as well. Oh, you were there? Um, yeah, we supported. Are you right? Okay. Well, I, I don't know if it was that. I don't know if it was the time that you had a fight, or I was I was there, but I can't remember if we supported that night. But we definitely supported you um, on one of the nights there. It might be yeah. the first time you've done it. Yeah, yeah, it was brilliant that night. I remember it. Yeah, it was good, wasn't it? It was good. It was good energy. Um, what a great! It is a good venue that as well, isn't it? Yeah, I mean, like I say, that that venue particularly because I remember going to that venue so so much, like from the age of thirteen, see bands, you know. So it's like it's actually, and then actually, you know, when you go and you see your band name on the front to put up, it's really cool. It was good. It was good. Yeah, just looking at the first album, it's obviously 16 songs on there. But I remember, I mean, quite a few good demos were left off. Like, what was the process in terms of deciding what went on the, what on the album? Um, I don't, it wasn't, I just, we just recorded a load of stuff and then I think Peter and Mick decided what went on it. I, I think that's right. I think that's right. Okay. Yeah, I suppose yeah. that is quite a lot. It's quite a, quite a big album, that, anyway, isn't it? So... Yeah, that is quite a lot of tracks. Like 16 songs. No, it's probably always thinks yeah, that album might have been done differently, but it's 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 kind of like it sounds so so kind of different and messy and raw and everything. It kind of makes it stand stand out a little bit, stand stand apart a little bit because not me was like I remember the first we did a single with of Kilimanjaro with with a B side on it um, with Paul Epworth and it sounded really different. I really liked the way it sounded with Man Who Came to Stay on it, but it sounded it was a real different production to like Down in Albion. <clears throat> I just thought I was. I sometimes think what could that record have sounded like if it was produced like that? You know, I guess it is what it is. You know, we, that record was pretty much ninety percent just in a room, just playing. And Mick going, "That's a good take." <laughs> yeah. yeah, I was going to ask you what was it like working with Mick Jones? Great man, he was because um, as a yeah, it, I grew up listening to. I love the Clash. Mm. I love it. It was fantastic. Yeah, spending time in Wales recording that record in the evenings, just hanging out, him playing guitar, singing songs. Um, that whole experience was really great. That, that was a good feeling working with Bill Price, the engineer, and you know he's done loads of great records like Clash and Sex Pistols and Guns and Roses records. It was just being around people who were really good. Do you know what I mean? Just like really yeah. good at what they do. Um, I think we probably frustrated them quite a bit with our behaviour. <laughs> I was going to ask you what it was like, the process of recording, but you say you managed to like hammer it out kind of thing. So we did most of it, in, a lot of it in Wales and some in Reading, uh, some in Hammersmith. How The process was, yeah, generally getting the room and play. And, and, and it wasn't like a record where, um, since I, music where you'd, you'd sit down and do overdubs and 
yeah. work out the parts and I mean you can tell that by the way it sounds as well uh, pretty, you know there wasn't there wasn't a lot of that kind of production it was more just like a vibe yeah so it's a very live album isn't it yeah yeah and for, for better or for worse I guess you know like, like yeah there, there was it so it was it was yeah that's what it was really it's kind of cool in a way because it's different so I caught um I was watching some documentaries today and um I saw one of you quite saying you know you wanted to be recognized as a band you didn't want to be seen as uh Elvis's backing musicians is that kind of how you all felt at the time <laughs> who said that did I say you, you said that you said that on the yeah. uh <laughs> who the fuck is Pete Dockett documentary yeah Wait, was that not Elvis's backing musicians I uh <laughs> do you know what I'll be honest with you, man. At the time, I was just grateful to be playing in that band. I was never really, it was, yeah, it was a unique situation. But no, I don't know. Was you sure I mean, it said that. Maybe I did. Yeah, I literally just I, did, I definitely it. want to be recognised as a band, but, I, you know, there's no denying that the focal point was the driver and focal point was Peter. And that was cool. It was just like, I guess I was maybe trying to say the music, you know. Yeah. It is, because it was a band. There was a lot of work went into being a band. But obviously he was the figurehead of it and sort of like the uh, instigator of a lot of the music and sort of, you know, the, the energy. It was his kind of thing, it was, you know. So I didn't really get that feeling, no, because it was like, I know, I, know, I know the question you're asking, it was like trying to get, um, I want to be recognised, that kind of thing. I, I was really happy with where I was, to be honest. Yeah, yeah. I'm really happy just playing guitar in a band and just like a band that people are coming to see, an exciting band and writing tunes and, and just doing my, you know. Thanks for listening to this episode of 22 Grand Pod. If Naughty's guitar music is your thing, then you might enjoy our Patreon page, where for £3 a month you will get access to the following series. The Naughty's Deep Dive, where we go through the likes of the Stalking Pete Doherty documentary in painful detail. My favourite 2000s album, where patrons and other guests come on to talk about their favourite album of the era. Legend or Landfill, in which we go through Enemy's top 10 albums of each year from 2001 and see if we think they are indeed legendary or for the landfill. Unsigned Stories, where we chat to bands that didn't quite make it in terms of signing that elusive record deal. We also have Fan Stories, where I talk to people about their memories and opinions on all things Naughty's Indie. You also get early access to any main podcast episodes and it's also worth checking out the YouTube page where you can see extended video versions of the interviews as well as plenty of other bits of commentary and opinion. All links are in the description. Now back to the pod. And I remember uh, when you played Glastonbury, I mean, that was a massive deal because the uh, the crowd that turned out for you was massive. Um, what are your memories of, of Glastonbury? Uh, I remember, that I couldn't really hear my guitar. I didn't have it. My guitar wasn't loud enough. I wish it was, uh, and I wish I had a different guitar sound. That's what I remember. But I remember, that's looking back. I remember at the time... It was um, it was surreal because it was it was daytime. It was a huge crowd, wasn't it? Yeah, yeah. It was like an evening crowd, but it was massive. One of those things that you it's kind of you're disconnected a bit, aren't you? I guess a bit introverted. Like I was looking back at the footage, I don't think I actually look out the audience very much. So I wish my guitar was louder. It's hard, to, hard. You can't hear yourself properly to really get the energy. But also that was, um, I think one of the first bigger stages. So I was so used to playing like. You know, the energy of a band playing a club, it's not, it's, not, um, it's not just a matter of putting that same band in a different environment, open air, and it would be the same. You know, I think you have to get used to playing those, those kind of outdoor venues for it to, to find out a way to do it. I never really had, not, had enough time to do that. Do you know, do you know what I mean? Yeah, uh, Gary, we interviewed Gary Jarman, and he said the same thing, like, you go from playing in the tent to going on the main stage, and it's like, anything can happen kind of thing. 
Yeah, uh, so we, we played Reading. Um, yeah, anything with a roof on basically feels a lot different. And it's like, I like it more and, and uh, it's easier to feel the energy kind of thing and we vibe off it. Yeah. So it was, it was I mean, yeah, it was, it, it, just seeing people, man, it was just fantastic. That It's just a lot more comfortable, isn't it? Like when, you, when you're yeah. playing in a, in a normal indoor. Yeah. It's less like work. Especially, especially for bands like, like ours as well. Like when you're not a stadium rock band, it's like yeah, different, yeah. isn't it? I've got anthems. Like I'm not saying like not like yeah, they're not they're not they're, they're the tunes. Uh, yeah, not not that you did. Yeah, not not that you didn't have anthems because you did. But like you know, you know what I mean. Like there's um yeah, we had maybe in five more years we'd have the stadium anthems. <laughs> Yeah, yeah. I mean, if there was more punk rock songs with the choruses, definitely. But yeah, no, I know what you mean. I know what you mean. There was something, yeah. So it's 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 just taking it from that environment it's worked in and then plonking it on that stage doesn't necessarily work straight away. But it would have done, you know. It just just takes some time to get used to it and figure it out. Would you say that was? I mean, one of the questions is, uh, was there a high point? from that period uh, I suppose that's got to be up there is it or not yeah, really because of the yeah. sound the whole time playing, all those kind of things were high points going to Norway and playing shows with Sonic Youth and bands that, and I think Dinosaur on the Dinosaur Junior on the bill on Sonic Youth I think they were definitely Sonic Youth but Dinosaur Junior all these bands I sort of grew up listening to it just felt like that was all just like alright this is this is great this is like playing music and seeing people watching I don't know that whole thing was a it was like I just felt like I doing what I really wanted to do yeah, do you know what I mean? And just traveling with your friends, but that yeah, Glastonbury was definitely a high point. Um, Brixton was a high point. Like just to, we even did Top of Pops. That's the, that was Top of the Pops was still going there. Yeah, going you know what I mean. That was kind of like you know like you're in telly. That was that was all. It was all like it was such a. It was all just like it was always kind of a high point, really, and a low point at the same time, like in my mental state. But it was all. It was. Uh, you know, looking back, that was definitely a big thing to play Glastonbury. It was like the biggest crowd of the day. That was that was cool. The recording, a lot of the time spent in studios. Wish we'd done more of that, you know. Okay, that's, right. I really, really enjoyed that. Yeah, that's something you said, wasn't it, Tom? That um, a lot of bands uh, spent a lot of time touring, and maybe, well, in your case, Tom, you said you should spend a bit more time recording or writing songs. Do you think? Yeah, exactly. That's where like it came in. Like we were spending too much time having fun, I guess. Yeah, Not yeah, like, you know, I mean, recording an album is one of the most fun things that we could possibly do, like, in my life. But, yeah, I wish I'd have taken a bit more time to, like, figure out the albums, like, more consistently as well, rather than... Have a, have a bit more direction, yeah. maybe, or something like that. Yeah, well, yeah, th- that, and I think we took we took too long doing it, basically, as well. Yeah brought out a second album like a bit too late and then you know the momentum and everything had kind of we lost it a bit and when did that come out that second record um 2007 the end of the thing, i was kind of yeah. out of that whole scene by then because i was I, when i left it i left like, i didn't i just just like I, I was almost like i for whatever reason i just sort of just it was like i'd never been in it for a while so when i spoke to people again in 2009 or whatever I don't know how it changed. That, that period from 2007, when they were doing their second record, to about 2009, I don't know how, how, how the crowds were. I didn't know how the whole, you know, the vibe, what was going on. Yeah, exactly. That's what I mean. Yeah. Like, you, you, you kind of had to, you, you kind of had to act quickly in that, um, while, while the buzz was still there, because... Was it still there? 
it, it, it kind of died off a bit and like all these like more mainstream indie bands are coming out and it ruined it ruined the feel of it a little bit, I guess, for us. Yeah. And when did you notice uh, that? You know, when was that? Like two thousand six or something that happened? You noticed that? Two thousand seven, eight, I think. Yeah. Like, you know, because like you said, we, the the real the the best time of it was like probably between two thousand and three and two thousand and seven or something. I guess. Yeah, yeah, I'm with you on that definitely. I mean, that was the time I experienced. See, that's the thing. Um, yeah, like I say, it was like I've I, I, never experienced a sort of like I guess it was like is it a come like come down or everything was just was it was there still that many people coming to the shows and all that kind of stuff. Yeah, like shows were still good, but like I don't know. By the time the second record had come out, things were just changing a bit. Anywhere moved on, yeah. Uh, yeah, I yeah. I guess it happens, doesn't it? I don't know, but I guess some goes in waves. Yeah, 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 yeah. Uh, Pat obviously got a touch on when you left the band. Yeah. Um, I was reading a quote on Enemy that said. Uh, the band had become a circus. Is that kind of your feeling at the time? At the time, I was really like, I wasn't very well at the time. And yeah, it was a circus, but I was a big part of, you know, I, I was probably really angry on stuff I was saying, but I mean, I was acting really irrational. Like, I wasn't very well the whole time, you know, so I'm not, it wasn't like they were a circus and it was like, I was trying to keep it all normal and together. The whole thing was just fucking weird. The whole thing was just, it was a freak show. And there's a lot of dark energy around as well. I remember a lot of weirdos and just like just people that I didn't want to have there was a lot of people around that I, I don't know this weren't cool um, so yeah and it had been but but um, yeah I, I was really really my addiction had just gone through the roof and it was like I was just really erratic unwell and just but kind of psychotic really I guess and like how did it feel coming out of all that like I guess being in the band might have justified or maybe justified the drug use and stuff. Like had, coming out of that and not having the band behind you, how did was that a bit of a, a scary time? Yeah, uh, looking back on it, I mean, I had I had a drug problem before that band, and I had my own problems on and off for a long time before that band. So it wasn't anything new to me then. But then, <clears throat> yeah, coming out of it, I just I guess I had a little project with Seb again, but I was just drinking. I was just drinking so much, and I was. It's not able to like. It was, I was really depressed. I was looking back. I guess just think. It t- I just. I guess. I guess kind of a not a breakdown as such, but like. How was it coming out of that? It was just like coming out of a whirlwind, leaving. Felt, I, I left, but I also felt like I was being. I was being pushed out to a certain extent. I don't know how true that was, but I felt like that. But and then I left, and then. It was like that was it. Yeah, there's some regrets there, definitely. Do you know what I mean? That was one of those questions you were saying, would you change anything? Yeah, yeah. I mean, it's hard. Sometimes it depends how, you, how I feel on the day when you wake up. Like, sometimes I think, no, things have worked out the way they should be. Do you know what I mean? I'm still friends with everyone. I haven't mm. spoken for a long time, but, you know, I see him. I saw him a few years ago last time. It was all cool. Um, yeah, I was going to say, you not, when was the last time you spoke, spoke with Peter? I had a sort of brief message in a couple of years ago. It was cool. And... Uh, Last time I saw him was in Kentish Town about four or five years ago. Just bumped into him, just randomly bumped into him on the street. It's like, oh, really? It's like, it's like, you're right? Yeah, you're right. It's quite awkward. <laughs> <laughs> it's like, it's like, all right. It's like, it's like, cool. And then that was it. That was it. What have you been up to? Anything musically like yeah. recently? 
my, my aim is to um, definitely try and get an EP out next year, like do something, get it out just for myself so I can start building up because I've got so much music to, that's just been sitting around. But um, I'm kind of glad I went for the whole process of making a record. It was totally different to um, the sample stuff, which was just going and, and basically I spent too much time making it. And it just sounded kind of over, overproduced. So I think again, that experience is, is taking a bit of, a bit of from both both worlds. Like just just do something and move on, but do it good. Do you know what I mean? Yeah, right. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And that's the thing. Like I look back, look, just... all these are work behind them, and I've just been like doing guitars for other people here and there, and and writing stuff, but not actually uh, putting it out. You know, however, putting it out yourself, whatever. And really, that's, yeah, that's what I need to be doing. I want to be doing. Yeah. You know? So yeah like it's, it's similar it's similar to me actually like um i like i'll i like overthink it and overcook it or whatever and like I don't, you know like i'll love it at first and then i'll leave it too long and i'll fall out of love with it or whatever do you know what i mean yeah and it, it easily happens like i've just got bags of songs especially if you're working by yeah exactly yeah no um i did some stuff actually we did some recording with with my friend Mike and Drew um, a few years ago. I mean, but that could have gone done something really well, but then again, I wasn't too well at the time. You know, so there was another period of time where I sort of the same old shit. Kind of how, are you doing, how are you doing now with all that stuff? Yeah, no, you're good. all good. Been good for a few oh, years good. Now. Nice one. Been over two years, so yeah, no, I'm doing really well now. It's kind of like... Oh, nice. that, that's really good to hear that, man. Yeah, no, thanks, Tom. Um, yeah, that's that, that, it's, it's a relief. And I feel totally different, which is good. Um, yeah, well, I'd, I'd be, uh, be I'd be well up for hearing some of your songs as well. Maybe we oh yeah, man. Yeah, 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 for sure. Yeah, we could. Um, but no, definitely, that's the thing to be, and, and not judge it too much. Definitely, something I want to be doing. I should do an EP. Like same, we've got the songs already written. Just go and record it. You know, mm. yeah. Once mm. all this stuff's over, what's going on in the world at the moment? And uh, just just self-release something. Do you know what I mean? Yeah, yeah, exactly. I think that's what I'm gonna do. It's not about anything like the whole experience of going and touring and that. It's, it's just want to make quite happy to make music at home and put it out. Yeah, done enough touring, I guess. <laughs> yeah, I guess it's like music has always been the most important thing. I guess music, and I, I listen to music obsessively still. I'm playing my guitar so much still. So I guess the thing that's missing is getting the confidence to just like get it together to actually make something and put it out. It's weird, yeah. man. Like I'm more than happy to put, like. Yeah, it's weird. I can put, put guitar on other people's stuff, but when it comes to your own stuff, it's like, that's the good thing about working with Peter back in the day. He'd be like, he'd just like, like I said earlier, just take someone to tell you, like, that's cool, man. Go with that. A little bit of like an encouragement or something. Yeah. And it kind of, that's all you need sometimes, you know, that lack of self-belief. Yeah, cool. There's a theme that's, that's come trying, trying to challenge. You know what I mean? Yeah, I totally, I totally feel you on that one. Like, I, I, I'm exactly the same. It's just self-confidence, isn't it? And like, it's kind of like a fear of some someone criticizing you, but like the thing is as well, like someone's gonna love it and someone's gonna hate it, and that's just the way it's always been. And yeah. I guess we just need to get get over that. Yeah, it's a bit nice. I don't really mean it from that point of view. I mean, it's like it's weird. It's just like, yeah, no, I see, I see what you're saying. Yeah, you just gotta get over it, just do it, really, haven't you? Just just crack on with it. Um, I teach guitar to a few people and so I'm always playing and being creative in some way but mm. um, yeah I mean it would be just nice to have, have more stuff out there recorded like not sitting on my hard drive do you know what I mean 
just looking back briefly to Baby Shambles, I just I just read there was a couple of times when you were set to play with them again, but you felt the environment wasn't right. Is that is that right? Yeah, well, I mean, I wasn't right as well. Okay, right. Yeah, but it was both. I mean, I see my 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 my, my memories and 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 sort of uh, I'm a bit warped. So they're a bit warped in terms of like um, at the time. I, I remember. So they asked me to. Um, they just done that second record, and I think they're doing an arena tour, and they wanted me to come play. They asked, they asked me if I'd be up for playing. It's like two thousand, I think, two thousand nine or seven. I don't know whenever that second record came out. Um, and they asked me would I be up for like playing, playing the guitar on the tour with them. And I was like, so I met their manager, managers, and I was like, cool, they worked it out. I don't, I think they they had a set up where they were going to do like their new record, then wheel me out to do like some Down the Albion songs, maybe. Right. No. But um, I remember I got there and it had all changed. I remember that it was all like different management and it was like, I was drinking a lot, man. I really put a lot of weight on. I was drinking a fuckload. Like, that was like alcoholic style drinking. It was really bad. So I was kind of like all over the shop and I just felt, I was just, I think I was just looking for an argument, basically. I think I was just looking for a way out even. And I was angry. I guess angry came, anger came up, just like what's happened, you know. All those feelings come out from the past, I guess. And uh, so I travelled up to Manchester with him. I remember I went out in the mornings, got drank, drank an awful lot, and just, I think, got to the venue and, uh, yeah, basically just had an argument and left. <laughs> okay. <laughs> you know, it was like nothing really. I guess it was, just, it was, um, I wasn't, yeah, it was, it was just, I hadn't seen the guys for a couple of years, everything had changed. I was, I was really unwell, so I can't really... Just wasn't the best thing to be doing. Do you know what I mean? And then was there a couple of times? I don't know. There was a couple. Of, there was a couple of other things we did right here and there, sporadic little gigs. I mean, I should have done that. Really, I should have done it. It would have been good to do it, maybe, but it didn't happen. Yeah, I just wasn't up for it at the time, I guess. Yeah, I read something that you thought maybe the new guitarist Mick wasn't to it for it as well. I don't think. Probably, probably not. I mean, I know Mick. Uh, for I knew Mick before the band. He used to work in Camden, so I mean, I, I haven't seen Mick for a while. Mixed call, but he probably wasn't. But um, maybe yeah. he was. I don't know. I don't really know. Yeah, let's see. There was looking back on that. I guess. Um, I guess I felt still, even though I left that band, I still felt a bit of anger towards it, or, or a bit like a bit uh, unfairly treated. Yeah. Even though that maybe is not the truth. Do you know what I mean? It's probably partly true, but partly, you know. A lot of it was my dance to me. Do you know what I mean? But but at the time you're just like, you know, a couple of them feelings with alcohol and it's like you've got a recipe for anger and just like blaming. Do you know what I mean? Yeah, definitely. Yeah. You know. So um but yeah, I remember Pete ran me after. I do remember this. I think it was one of the last he ran me after I came back home and he was like, Pat, what happened? I was like, I don't know. I think I was like a bit in tears, just like I didn't know what was I was such a mess. He's like, Pat, it's coming from Peter, this actually means quite a lot. He goes, You've got to think about tomorrow, man. That's what he said. Because <laughs> <laughs> like, I was just like so selfish. I mean, you know, look, for him to say that to me, I was like, it didn't hit. I, I, I always remember him saying that, but it didn't actually make sense to me until like a few years later when I started trying to start to really try to get myself well. Do you know what I mean? It's like, yeah, yeah, yeah. I remember him saying that. You've got to think about tomorrow, like not just like basically sort yourself out. I was really not very well at all. You know? Yeah. Yeah, man. But you still managed to form another band called Big Devs. Is that right? In oh, that 2007? Was with, that was with Seb. That was with my friend Seb. Oh, that right, was, okay, right. We made a record there, but then I yeah, another story of, you know, we had a record ready to go and then, and it was really, 
different music. <laughs> I really like it. It was like he's Seb, Seb and Ruth, the two people in the band, so such fantastic musicians. Such fantastic musicians, man. Seb's got a, like they both got the people they've worked with and the stuff they've done. But um yeah, like I just couldn't get it together. Like we did we did loads of shows and stuff and, and it wasn't commercial music. They wouldn't have done any any kind of anything like it wasn't even indie rock, it was just like cult music. But I was really happy to be doing that. A lot of it was yeah. instrumental improvisation, kind of freak out jazz mood music. Like there's yeah. Um I've got it somewhere. I can send that. So you can listen to it anyway. Yeah, yeah, I'll send it. I'll send it to you. Um but then yeah, it just kind of like I said how these great gigs lined up, you know, like Cheltenham Jazz Festivals and these places, but yeah, it just says, you know, alcohol and drugs got in the way again. So it's just, and, and, and yeah. You know, yeah, I read that you were, um, had a lot of influence from jazz in your, in your music. Just from listening, well, me and my guitar playing was music. No, yeah, yeah, you genuinely were like into jazz and kind of influenced your music taste kind of thing. I always listened to it from when I was young. I remember when I was um, like, first started heavily getting into music as a young really young i'd go to the library and in hammersmith and there would be like you know you know before i sort of discovered my own kind of music what i really liked you go I'd, I'd, it was really weird how i did that i found like there was uh, the rough guide book the rough guide to the 100, 100 greatest albums or something like that it was a book like that i can't remember exactly what it was and it was best albums from like each year and there was stuff like miles davis in there and and Coltrane and, and all the greatest hits, greatest, you know, all the artists like Bob Dylan, Stones, I just went through them all kind of like uh, quite obsessively listening to music. Like I just listened to every single, like the top five of John Coltrane albums, I listened to them obsessively, and top five Miles Davis records. Then it'd be like The Doors and then it'd be like, sort of, like I say, Dylan and then it would be like Marvin New Orchestra and all these kind of, so and I was doing this really young. Do you know what I mean? I really loved the sound of jazz, so I didn't understand it. And I just thought, what is this? It was like, <clears throat> it sounded so odd. It just sounded so odd, and I, I really, 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 I was intrigued by it. And it was only only till about um, seven years ago that I consciously tried to actually kind of learn that kind of discipline and, and sort of improvisation. Right, consciously sat down to try and practice it. I took elements from it and, and coupled it with punk music and sort of that freak out jazz kind of expression stuff. But um, I think that, yeah, I, I think what you listen to definitely seeps out in your playing. But I listened to so much different music as a, a, from, from a young age, I think that was a good thing. Yeah. I mean, it's yeah, very good. disciplined, isn't it? Like, yeah, yeah, the good stuff. I mean, like, you know, there's, there's, there's jazz and there's, like, yeah, it's very disciplined. It's like, but like, the, uh, like Charlie Parker and stuff like that, it's just like ferocious music to me. It's really it's like the early stuff is just like it's just the energy behind it all. Is, you know, I'm not talking about jazz at a wedding band kind of thing. Do you know what I mean? Yeah, yeah. You know, but I, I just love the sound of it. I love the sound of like different chords and just yeah, it's just I find it really interesting. And obviously, you've touched on your drug addiction, and everything, Pat. But I watched a video where you're rehabbing Thailand in 2017, the cabin, and it seems yeah. like that's really turned things around for you. Yeah, let's see, that's when it got, yeah, yeah. So just before that, Adam, a few people helped, a few friends of mine helped helped me get there. And um, yeah, I was, that was kind of like the point where I realised that it is, um, it's one way or the other, really. Do you know what I mean? There's like, literally got that serious. It was like, you can choose to live or, or, or you know, yeah. So I, I and, and yeah, I just had a, t- a period of time. I spent, I spent seven months in Thailand and, and, and uh, 
It did. It gave me some. It gave me a lot of time because I never had that time away from it all to see it for what it was. Like every type of time I get clean before, either getting locked up or going to a treatment centre or you know two weeks here, three weeks there. It, it, it was never long enough to like feel well enough to see it for what it was. There was always that pull still there, uh, but I didn't get enough distance from it to, to be out of its grasp. If you know what I mean, does that make sense? Yeah, definitely. Yeah. Like in terms, just in terms of like physical time, like just in terms of like being away for some, then you can look back and go, what, what, you know, it's got less power over me. You still got to be, you know, do what you need to do to stay well. But it wasn't like I was just like a magnet getting pulled back into it. It felt like, you know, not, not that I'm not taking responsibility, but it was like I had no defense against it. It was just yeah. like, get clean somehow or other, and then you'd be back in there before you know about what happened again. Each time it's getting worse, and each time it's getting worse. Um, yeah, I mean, if you're in and around London, it's not the best place to be, I guess. Yeah, I guess anywhere though, really. I mean, yeah, you're right though, you're right. But um, it's different now. My whole place, I haven't, I can, you know, since I've turned 40, I haven't taken, I haven't taken, I haven't taken anything or had a drink or anything. Um, so that, that, it's quite nice to say that, you know. Yeah, yeah, definitely. My 40s and that. But um, my whole relationship and feel towards them have changed. It's like I just actually don't, don't want that anymore. And every time, every other time in my life I've been clean or, in invert, you know, quotation marks clean, wasn't really probably still probably having drinks or whatever. I, I it would I'd still be wanting to do it, but thinking I I can't, I shouldn't. Mm. And then it's just a matter of time before you, you you kind of cave in. But the last two years have been more like I don't want to. I, I, it's easier then, you know, so it's just easy. If I just see it for what it is, it's just really it was really destructive, man. Do you think it's a, a mindset kind of thing? Because obviously you hear the cliches about. Um, you know, you can go into rehab, but the person themselves got to want to do it. Do you have like a bit of a shift in your mindset? Is that what you're saying, kind of thing? Yeah, uh, def- definitely a shift in my mindset. Definitely like seeing the seeing consequences for what they are, and like it's like I said before, the whole thing about getting a bit of time and a bit of distance. I didn't have time before to see the consequences to me or the people around me because I'd just be thrown. I put myself back in that lifestyle again. I had a real chance to analyze everything and look at stuff. It was really painful. Like look at what the consequences of the way I've lived my life and, and everything that encompasses the people you hurt, the people, how you hurt yourself, even unintentionally, do you know what I mean? Kind of takes, it's like, why would you do that? It's just like, I realised, and it took, took fucking so many years to realise that I can't control it and basically, just see it for what it is. So if I take, if I take drugs or drinks, yeah, it's going to, it, it comes down to this, man, it's going to be really bad. It's just going to be bad and it's like, I don't want it to be bad anymore. There's no, there's no denying the fact that it's one of those cliche things you say, but you hear people say there's no denying the fact. I just can't control it. So it got really scary. Like I just don't know what happened. You, take, you know, you could lose another two years, end up fucking, end up in jail for you don't even know what you've done. You know, yeah. getting knighted off, getting sectioned. That 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 was happening regularly. Do you know, you know. Mm-hmm. Um, and so it wasn't like it wasn't anything like drug taking while you're in the band. That whole period, the last, the last ten years after I left the band, it was drug taking, like of ill, ill, ill type, ill behaviour. Do you know what I mean? Not it wasn't social for that way. Yeah, it was like it was. It was just basically self destruction and just like yeah, yeah, yeah. It was it was a sign of illness. And but, so um, it was in um, in Chiang Mai in Thailand, wasn't it? And yeah, great man, I loved it out there. Yeah, I've been there. It's a really lovely place. Yeah. yeah, it is great, isn't it? Yeah, it's great. I had a real like place in my heart. That that place does people are lovely, and it was I'm really blessed to have that opportunity. Actually, 
yeah, it, it's nice though to feel that weight off. I've definitely learned a lot there, and to, to have that feeling, like not to go on about this. You know, musicians start talking about recovery stuff, and it kind of gets a bit. Uh, but no, it's interesting. But my experience is, for me, um, to not have that weight around my shoulders anymore. It's just been so. It's been like I've been enjoying life so much last couple of just real simple. Do you know what I mean? Simple things, just like being normal, playing my instrument, teaching guitar a bit, like cooking food, watching movies, yeah. reading, reading books, all these things. Whereas my main driver was like, I don't like to, I can't tolerate feeling normal. I can't tolerate feeling, uh, I can't tolerate being myself. With, with, I have to alter the way I feel all the time. Do you know what I mean? I have to numb myself. I just anesthetize myself. And that was just, what a way to live. Do you know what I mean? It was just like, oh, I look back on it, it just makes me feel really, really, really sad, actually. You know. But yeah, I had a lot yeah. of help, man. So I'm lucky. Do you know what I mean? I'm so lucky I had a lot of help. And then I took responsibility and did what I need to do after, you know, and take it seriously. But, um, yeah. Yeah, that's good. That's, that's good. when you start thinking about regrets and shit like that. You know, it depends how you feel. Some days I wake up, I'm like, nah, I've got no regrets because life is just a journey, isn't it? Life is what you make it. And I've got, you know time to do stuff and then you have the thing to say if I didn't if I didn't live like that I'd have a whole body of work behind me I'd be loads of music to be made I, I could have been proud of what I'd done all this kind of thing do, do you know what I'm saying depends how you're feeling on the day and the yeah. end of the day it's kind of like you just I, yeah um, yeah yeah but then but, but also you have got you know yeah you, it was kind of messy at times but you've also done some amazing stuff like you've experienced such like stuff that no one like you know normal people don't really do it and like you know you can't you can't you just can't have regrets i, I don't believe in no, it no, i'm like, with you on that tom i've generally felt like that most of the time as well because i've got my health i've got i still i enjoy life do you know what i mean i've got good friends yeah and, exactly uh, it's just amazing it's, it's amazing that you've come out of it clean now and like you you know you, you're loving like being a bit normal like you said but you know you yeah you've been on that journey which was fucking wicked at the end of the day wasn't it yeah <laughs> yeah i guess everyone yeah yeah it was it was man there is a last question of whether you've got a funny story pat but that's worry about that kind of thing unless you have got an, a standout one about the gallagher brothers or another a story about that time i don't think it's funny the only i've got no it's not really funny i can tell you a story but it's not i don't, I don't think no they definitely go for it mate yeah. i don't think it's one to end on it's, it's really awkward it's like the office or something <laughs> Perfect. <laughs> i remember we played at brookton academy and i remember we were chatting this is this is not really this is a shit story man I'm and uh, after it was after the gig oh no it's before and somebody introduced me oh noel's here noel's come because he used to come to some of our gigs sometimes and uh it's like all right pat i shook my hand i was like all right no he's like yeah i remember i met you last week didn't i and I was like, nah, no, no. He goes, yeah, I did. I said, no, you didn't. I wasn't here last week. I wasn't in London. He goes, yeah, you were. I was like, no, I wasn't. And that was it. <laughs> <laughs> that was it. That was it. And that was last time I spoke to him. Who, <laughs> who was right in that situation? I, I think I was right. <laughs> I, I hope I was. I, yeah, I think I was right. Maybe it did, but I, was, I don't think I was right. <laughs> I was like, that was it. And the other one was we were meant to, when we were meant to play, oh, man, we were meant to play... Um, yeah, Milton Keynes, National Bowl. Like, I was going to ask you about that, yeah. Supporting Oasis. I remember we were like in the tour bus <laughs> and uh, uh, we were in the tour bus, the band, but Peter wasn't there. I, th I think we were outside the venue or near, I think. My memory might be a bit skewed on that. 
And then I remember someone like the promoter or someone rang Peter and was like, where are you, man? You must be doing sound check. He's like, ah, oh, I'm in Paris. <laughs> it's like one of the biggest shows. It would have been so, so mad to do that show. It's like however many tens of thousands of people there. Apparently Liam was very, very upset or angry with us, should I say. He just like wasn't happy, which I don't blame him for. <laughs> smashing our gear up and what have you. But, um, yeah, yeah. What, are you smashing the gear up? Well, I heard that. Maybe kicked an amp or something rather than smashing. Oh, right. Yeah, you know. But, um, yeah, it's weird, man. So, grew up listening to Ace. It's like the first album's great, isn't it? Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah it's so good. First album's fantastic. Um, so, what, I, I mean, that's very Pete that in it to be in Paris and not to be somewhere else yeah yeah, but, uh, yeah what, like, what, <laughs> what what happened did did you end up playing that show no I turned around and went home man or like I don't I, I, yeah, I, yeah, I vaguely remember that yeah it was like oh man it's just like really okay <laughs> like, it was just a huge crowd you know it was one of the Milton Keynes National Bowl is massive isn't it yeah yeah I do remember that happening because I remember yeah. Liam coming out in the press in there Cause it seemed like Noah was quite warm towards Pete and his and the music, whereas Liam was pretty against it. <laughs> yeah, I think Noah saw it as like the new thing, new, and he was kind of cool, you know. Yeah, was, yeah, and I think I think I think you're right in that, you know. Yeah, <laughs> yeah there's a lot of uh, yeah. I think you're right in what you said there. I suppose follow on from that would be was there many times where Pete didn't turn up, and what was that like for the rest of you? Um, yeah, just I mean. Yeah, yeah, there was. There was a few. There was quite a few. I guess times you'd be worried. Sometimes it would be like probably for, probably for the best. Sometimes be pissed off. It was a mixture of everything. Do you know what I mean? Yeah. Um, which I just bear in mind, whatever I was going through, he was going through a hundred times more. Do you know what I mean? Like in terms of um, pressure he was feeling or whatever. Um, there was times he turned up and he maybe shouldn't have turned up. I remember doing some, maybe, and me as well, doing gigs we could barely stand. Do you know what I mean? There was times when we were due to play. And uh, outside the venue, I mean, there was riots because we couldn't get on stage for whatever reason. People weren't in the fit state to play. You know, it was, it was, um, it was, some of it was disastrous. That was what was crazy at the time. It was like, some from night to night, it'd be like the best show ever to like fucking freak show. Do you know what I mean? Yeah, fallen, people, fall, I remember Pete falling <laughs> asleep, fell asleep on stage once, did he? Yeah, um, yeah, yeah, he did. He, he, yeah, he fell asleep holding the mic stand. And that happened quite a lot. And it was just like, and it wasn't joking. It was like, yeah, she just fell asleep. And, and yeah, I mean, I did my own fair share of that. So I, I remember late, I, I think I was, I couldn't get off my back, but I was a paid gig lying down. I just can't, yeah, it's just, yeah. I, don't, I don't know if that's funny or not. But. <laughs> so it's, it's true. It's just like, it's, it's a bit chilled out. No, it wasn't, it was like just, you know, benzos or whatever it was. <laughs> Couldn't move, man. <laughs> just absolutely. Yeah. Like, can I stay? Am I right to stay down here? I think I, I haven't told you there was a time where the, the tune came and it was a guitar, guitar solo and it like just sort of rose up, like coming out of a coffin and went back down again. The guitar solo. <laughs> <laughs> like, yeah, it was. It was. It was um, yeah, you know, you just came alive for your guitar solo. Yeah, yeah it's like that's the final touch. It. It's literally like a spinal tap video, isn't it? Yeah, it was good. <laughs> so yeah, there was a lot of that. <laughs> okay, now I, I very yeah. very look back on these times. It's nice to actually think and more. You think yeah, that's about, it. To get a bit of a perspective of what it all meant. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> sitting here, yeah. bit of nostalgia as well. Just like put us all in a bit of a 
nice mood, I guess. It's 15 years ago, if not more. It's crazy, isn't it? Yeah, it's mad. Yeah, it is fucking nuts. Like, I can't believe it. <laughs>